The real question is how do you like one, create bust out of that inertia and start to gain momentum in a short period of time? And then two, how do you actually create a structure and a system to sustain that? Because I think where a lot of people get tripped up when, when looking at weight loss, particularly busy guys, is they focus on like individual actions. Oh, I'm going to cut my carbs and eat more protein. And I'm going to get into the gym three to five times per week or whatever that ends up being. And, and, and that's the approach to the plan. Whereas to succeed, it needs to be a much bigger container built on systems. It's a bigger systems thing. So one of the first things we do with our members, and I'd like you guys to kind of participate in this right now yeah. is we have them go through a reflection exercise before we touch nutrition and exercise to help them figure out why exactly on the deepest levels, is it essential right now that you get this handled? Like we call it the mission statement, but like I ask yourself right now, how is, are your current behaviors with your health, your nutrition, your sleep, your exercise affecting every single area of your life that you care about? another episode of just us dads thank you so much for tuning in to yet another dadversation uh, we're back to the zoom format and uh, for a specific reason uh, we are uh, staying true to the promise we made to you about bringing you valuable content and people that are experts and professionals on health and wellness uh, in the attempt for us to lose weight in our weight loss competition. George and Chris are both here, and we are so, so pleased and honored to have Dr. Anthony Balduzzi, uh, YouTube personality sensation, the man behind the Fit Father Project and Fit Mother Project. We should mention that, but this is just a, a dad's program. Uh, doctor, thank you so much for accepting our invitation. We're so grateful. Guys, I'm happy to be here. This is fun. And first time I'm hearing about this weight loss competition. So maybe someone's going to get the edge after this convo today. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we've said it. We've said it on a couple of our episodes, but we're also trying to keep it a secret because we're not uh, <laughs> we're not really staying true to our uh, to the promise we made to, to, to lose weight, which is perfect because you're the perfect guy uh, to have on this episode that we can talk about that. And yeah. you have specifically uh, chosen this very interesting niche right mm -hmm. to, to to go after the people that are married whether the men or, or, or yeah. women uh that are in that group age where things just you know fall apart right mm -hmm. <laughs> i mean you know you get married you have kids there's so many other priorities and now that we mentioned that let, let's just say because we were talking about this briefly before we uh recorded you're gonna soon be a father so you're you're almost in the club you're almost, almost in, in the, the club in, in the just as that yeah. congratulations thank you uh, Mark, do march march next year weight. Yeah. Marker next year. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I don't think he's gonna be gaining any weight, man. Yeah. Don't think so. <laughs> he's the exception. Uh is it a boy? Is it a girl? What ba do you expect? Ba baby girl. Uh oh, yes. yes. Right. I got two girls. So uh yeah, it it's it's amazing. Uh nice. girls, uh you you're oh dude, you're you're gonna you're gonna they're gonna have you around the little pinky, you're gonna do totally. everything for them. Totally and it's good, and it's good. Uh let's uh, let's jump right in. Mm -hmm. Um First, let's just, you know, uh, preface this. It was Chris who uh, brought to our attention your channel. 
Chris, for those who are watching or listening, he's the kind of guy that whatever he puts his mind to, he does the most extensive research. He follows people. He reads. He does everything like from A to Z. And he came up um, uh, with a list of people that we should kind of uh, look at in our quest to lose weight. You were right on top of that list. And we're like, yeah, let's do that. Let's see if we can get him on the show. So Chris brought us, uh, brought your channel to our attention. Um, just before we begin, tell us all how this whole thing started, like what motivated you, what propelled you to say, look, I'm going to do this. I'm going to find this specific niche. Why the, the fit dad or the fit moms? Yeah. Well, I mean, interestingly, the story kind of goes back to my own dad because growing up, I watched him bust his butt to put food on the table for feet for me, my mom, my little brother and the process, he got sick. He got a cancer diagnosis and he ended up dying when he was just 42. So he died. I was nine at the time. And it totally rocked my world, you know? Like I had some early realizations, like my dad, my superhero, I watched him crumble. I, I got a sense that, you know, I could die sometime soon, but it also lit a fire inside me to figure out how I could get so strong that I could take care of my mom, my little brother, and I wanted to study nutrition and exercise. So for my 10th birthday, my mom gave me a pair of my dad's old dumbbells and I started exercising. I had no idea what I was doing, but I'd, I'd seen some curls and some push-ups, and I started to get stronger. And in the process, I, I really started to heal a lot of the pain of my dad's loss, and I got a sense of purpose in my life. And, and I went on over the next 10, 15 years helping people with their health and fitness. And then when I got into medical school, what I found was that people were coming in the door all the time that were just like my dad, you know, busting their butt, priorities all over the place, not eating exactly as best they could, you know, having some of these chronic disease issues. And I'd see people come in and in and in with the same kinds of things. And it was very clear to me that modern society and the way people are approaching their health and fitness are not working well. That's why like two thirds of guys in the United States are overweight. We have high blood pressure medications. We have high cholesterol. And this has like become the norm. So I was thinking to myself, how, how can I help people unwind this? How do we design like health plans for busy parents particularly those over 40, when the metabolism's not the same, muscle mass is going down, stress is high, busy with kids, like all these factors need to be taken into account. And it's obviously not the fad diets, right? We've seen those come and go. They, they work for a little bit, but how do we create sustainable change? So I started studying this and, and through that came the Fit Father Project. And I think I started that around over 10 years ago now. And over the past 10 years, we've helped over 50,000 guys in over hundred countries come through oh. our program and, and get their health right. So it's hard work. You know, I, I think the stuff we're going to get into today is there's no secret magic silver bullet, but there are strategies you can deploy to be more consistent and to make things like doable for a busy schedule and an aging metabolism. Wow. See, you know, when you think of 50,000 people in over a hundred countries, I mean, that's not a small feat, right? I mean, how, how do you feel about that accomplishment? You know, I, I, at this point, it's really starting to sink in a little bit. Like, I get the opportunity to hop on. We have a podcast too, and I get to interview members from who come on the show and just hear about their journeys. And, and I now have to like really pinch myself when, that I've been able to have such an impact on people. But really, it's like, it's so cool that we live in today's day and age where groups of like-minded people can get together, create something valuable like this podcast, this show right now, share it with the world, and it can affect someone's life. So I feel grateful for the time we are, despite the fact there's so many health challenges. I feel grateful for my experience with my dad, because in many ways that kind of shaped me and crafted me to be a man to really raise this flag in this mission. And I feel so grateful for the people who join and like actually take action to improve their lives because they're the real heroes. But it just, I think there's a lot of gratitude is like the primary emotion. 
Yeah, it does take a lot to actually make that first step and mm. to to commit. Uh, I, I know I speak for all three of us. I mean, we've tried several times off and on, right? <laughs> and uh, mm. I, I, I don't know about the other guys. I mean, they're going to get the chance to, 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 to share their experience as well. But I feel like, at least in my case, where I drop, let's say, whatever, 10, 15 pounds, and then mentally I'm thinking, I'm good. I, I did it. Mm. Let's go. And then slowly, slowly, you just fall back into those bad habits, right? Mm. Uh, the drive-throughs and you know the fast food and uh, you suddenly forget to you know whatever habit that you started to develop is that something that you see often with the with the, with the, the people that you train totally i mean yeah before they join us yeah i mean that's the whole story right we can be consistent for short bursts you know we use plans that may not be perfectly sustainable and then we just get on this kind of roller coaster of up and down and up and down the real question is how do you like one create bust out of that inertia and start to gain momentum in a short period of time. And then two, how do you actually create a structure and a system to sustain that? Because I think where a lot of people get tripped up when, when looking at weight loss, particularly busy guys is they focus on like individual actions. Oh, I'm going to cut my carbs and eat more protein. And I'm going to get into the gym three to five times per week or whatever that ends up being. And, and, and that's the approach to the plan. Whereas to succeed, it needs to be a much bigger container built on systems it's a bigger systems thing. So one of the first things we do with our members, and I'd like you guys to kind of participate in this right now, yeah. is we have them go through a reflection exercise before we touch nutrition and exercise to help them figure out why exactly on the deepest levels is it essential right now that you get this handled? Like we call it the mission statement, but like I ask yourself right now, how is are your current behaviors with your health, your nutrition, your sleep, your exercise, affecting every single area of your life that you care about? How's it affecting your kids? How's it affecting your finances, your feeling of alignment with your spirituality, your overall well-being and confidence with yourself? We want to start to create more neuro associations between our core values and our actions with our health. This gives us a little bit of psychological and emotional leverage. We end up writing this into a mission statement. You print that thing out and you stick it on a window. This is like the first phase of like trying to gain momentum. You've created a container, you, why you, what, what you want to do in the next 30 days and why this is so important to you. And you booby trap your environment. You're, you're pasting this stuff on your bathroom mirror, on your refrigerator. You're starting to make an actual like materialized affirmation for why you want this change to happen. And a lot of our guys, when they share these mission statements with us, it's about their kids. It's like, I want to be around because my daughter's going to get married in a few years and I want to be able to walk her down the aisle. Like it's not always just about ourselves because what I find is when guys have like more superficial goals, like ah, I'd like to lose 10 pounds, that's the 10 pounds that's not going to stay off. But when you can connect it to something deeper as this first step, that's when you can really get this emotive power because it's not that we don't know what's healthy. We know that the salmon is probably better than the double stack pancakes, right? It's about making those choices consistently. It's not an information game. It's emotional. Right, right, right. The, 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 the powerful why. Yeah. And it's cliche, right? People talk about it all the time, but the, the process of all of health is all about momentum. It is about generating momentum and sustaining and redirecting momentum. Because if you can learn how to run the day and have a good day with your nutrition, your hydration, your movement, and you can learn how to do that consistently, you're stacking up days and you're stacking up momentum. And there's also a skill set to doing that. And I, and I want to get into some specifics around nutrition in just a second. Um, but also just to understand the game, you also have to have the tools in your toolbox to shift momentum. So what happens when you inevitably have a bad weekend, kid's birthday party, you eat some cake, you didn't think you were going to do that. 
do you have a tool in your system to shift momentum back the next day? Our program members do. These are actual things that we deploy in the routine. So where do you start? Well, the good news is if you're trying to lose weight, the besides you know getting clear on your why, the biggest lever you have is your nutrition plan. You do not have to exercise if you're feeling too busy to lose weight. You just strictly don't. We've had program members lose over 100 pounds, never touching a dumbbell or a treadmill. They take a daily walk. They follow good nutrition. You can lose a lot of weight this way. It's important to understand that as you get older, you cannot out-exercise a bad diet. You can't go out-exercise extra calories, right? So when we can get leverage on the nutrition plan, you can start losing weight and feeling better very consistently. So how do you do that? Well, our approach to nutrition is not looking at foods or diets first. It's looking at structure. It is looking at what is the best time for you to eat every single day. Wow. And we give our members a couple different meal timing schedule setups. I'm not telling you what the best one is, but I'm presenting you with a few options. One that's very common, guys who get up and like breakfast, they may have breakfast at eight, lunch at noon, a snack at three, dinner at six, eight, noon, three, six. Other guys might want to intermittent fast. They might skip that first meal of the day, just drink some water, tea, black coffee, have that first meal come in at around 11, snack at three, dinner at six. Other guys, if you work the night shift or the third shift, you have to have a meal timing schedule for that. Why is this so important? It's because what we're trying to do in nutrition is make it proactive <laughs> instead of reactive. And proactive means we have structure. And structure is important because if we know this conscious structure of when I'm having my meals, you're not going to fall prey to all the snacking BS. You're not going to skip meals and then get too hungry and blow it up on dinner. You have a rhythm that you can build on every single day, and it makes you feel good. So to take this to the next level, what we do with our members is we help them standardize their first meal of the day. Like whatever that meal is for you, whether it's breakfast in the morning with your kids or whether it's your fasting or doing something later, we standardize it to make it a healthy, simple meal you love. Oftentimes it's some kind of like loaded up protein shake. It could be some kind of oatmeal thing, could be eggs of some sort, but it's standardized because through this mode, that means that we have a consistent anchor every single day. That's a healthy meal that keeps us full. That's quick and easy. Doesn't require a lot of willpower. We now have a momentum anchor every single day that we can build on. And the standardization is so cool because if you find like a couple of your go-to meals for, let's just say breakfast, lunch, and snack, then you can be consistent. And for dinner, you can have more variety because when we're setting up a meal plan, you need to balance consistency and variety. We've all tried diets that are way too restrictive. And we've also yeah. been on the other side where we didn't have a plan and we don't have a plan. Like you have to make decisions. You might be getting the wrong things. So these are real forces that we need to, to bake into a health routine. And notice at this point, I haven't mentioned protein, carbs, or fats. We can right. get to those. I'm talking about behaviors and structure. So I'll pause there because I, I get excited about this stuff and I, and I want you guys to comment, but um, these are things that I know are tremendously important. Uh, so, sorry, guys. I, I know the guys have a question because I just want to, uh, so, because you mentioned intermittent fasting, I just want to get your opinion on that because yeah. it seems because, you know, we've spoken to a lot of people and, you know, there, there's a lot of con conflicting um, uh, opinions about intermittent fasting, whether it's good or whether it's not good. What's your take on that? Yeah, totally. So from a health perspective, there are phenomenal benefits to intermittent fasting, um, but it's not necessarily something that everyone should do daily. Okay. So the first thing is differentiating between what is your, what is your go-to eating rhythm? So if you're someone who loves breakfast and the idea of skipping breakfast every day doesn't sound good to you, will cause friction, then intermittent fasting may not be the best plan. We always got to pick what's like most aligned with you. That being said, all of our program members, when they move past the first 30 days, they start doing a weekly 24 hour fast one day a week. You have dinner on Saturday, you fast until dinner on Sunday. It's just a 24 hour fast. There are so many health benefits to this. 
um, you know, we'll just talk about a couple of them. Your yeah. growth hormone levels rise, which helps you burn more fat and repair tissues, organs, even skin. Your brain starts building new neurons. We used to think that as you get older, you just get dumber from bad decisions, from head trauma, from doing all these things. Well, we actually can regenerate neurons and something called brain derived neurotrophic factor builds new neurons and that gets stimulated when you fast. Fasting wow. activates some of your anti-aging and longevity genes, these things called sirtuins that basically like rewind the cellular clock. Fasting and exercise are two signals that do this. So I am a huge fan of fasting and I think you use it in a couple of ways. One, if you're a person who wants not hungry in the morning and you want a simple kind of deal, a way to incorporate fasting is to push that first meal back a few hours and have dinner at like, let's just say six or seven and don't eat after that. So my simple advice to get a more, a longer fasting window every day is after dinner, brush your teeth, you know, whatever little, if you have a thing of sweet, a thing of dark chocolate or whatever you do after that, it's done. Start your fasting window. It's going to help you sleep better and you get benefits. And then if you want to go even deeper, doing a weekly 24 hour fast is phenomenal for your health. Um, and personally for me, at least a couple times per year, I'll do a three day fast. Wow. Well, that's more intense and that's more advanced, but there's research out of uh, California university of UCLA has research from this guy named Walter Longo. He's like a longevity expert. They showed that for a, during a three day water fast, all of your stem cells get stimulated to completely recreate your immune system. Like all the white blood cells that are damaged and old, they go away, which is going to mean you're more robust to things like cancers that are, that are problems. It reduces inflammation in the body. And so we can tap into this stuff and I think it's valuable. So daily might not be for everyone based on preference weekly. I would say certainly there's benefits and a few times per year, if you want to get deep into the power of fasting, doing like a three day water fast with supervision is very good. What do you think is the ideal, um, time frame? For the for the fasting, like the 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 the, the window, what, what's the ideal? I'd say like I'd say the fasting benefits really start to kick in at around 16 hours, like 12, 12, 12, 14, 16. Like 16 is when you're probably getting like a good bang for your buck. So a lot of people keep an eight-hour eating window. So let's say anywhere from 10 to six. So have the first meal at like 10 or so, and then you might have a snack in the afternoon, and then you have dinner at six, and then you're done. That's fine. Uh, that that's that's a setup with I'd say basically two feedings and a snack. If you find you just don't need that much food, which is a common experience as we get older, our bodies just don't need to eat as much food. You might even compress that window a little bit to like just have two meals and, and spaced out around four hours. Maybe it's a six hour window. Some people really love eating one meal a day. For me, that doesn't quite work. Like I, I'm a little more of like a, let's break it at 11, maybe have a small snack and dinner at six. Uh, everyone can benefit from at least not eating too late at night. Uh, just because it, it, it impacts your digestion at night, your body's trying to like wind down, throwing food is throwing heat and metabolic activity into the GI tract, and it can do really disturb your sleep. And, and I think a lot of people experience indigestion, acid reflux, bloating and, and GI stuff as we get older. So like just getting dinner earlier at night is even beneficial. If you, if you still had breakfast at like six 30, even stopping eating after dinner is, is a really good nutrition habit. I have a question, Dr. A. Yeah. Uh, two questions, actually. First question is, uh, with a 20 hour fast, can you reach autophagy, which yeah. is the reparation of cells? And two, if you are, or if you're willing to lose weight, let's say your plan is to lose weight, mm -hmm. uh, the OMAD, right? One meal yeah. a day diet. Yeah. Uh, does that slow down your metabolism? Yeah. So I would say if OMAD is done properly, it will not slow down your metabolism. So okay. believe it or not, during a 24 hour fast, your metabolism actually acutely increases because your body is trying to actually maintain core temperature. And when you, when you fast, your body actually has to tap into this stuff called brown fat to keep your metabolism high. Now, what you wanna do is if you do choose to do one meal a day, is I would say once per week, you get a carbohydrate refeed day. 
where you eat carbohydrates uh, in, in larger amounts because this stimulates a hormone called leptin, which can help increase your metabolism, help you feel full. Maybe once a week of a carb spike could be a fine thing. Um, and I would say with, with OMAD, if you do do that, you still need to eat a good amount of food. If you're not eating enough over time, like, and you're feeling like run down, you can't recover from exercise and maybe a bit better idea to extend that eating window just a little bit, but OMAD is incredibly effective for losing weight. I mean, try to eat 2000 calories in one sitting. I mean, maybe you could, but it would be like, stuff. yeah, you could maybe, but like, but you couldn't, but could you do that every single day? You know, maybe I didn't mean to challenge you there. I think, I think, you know, maybe Chris, Chris can, Chris can do it, but, but like, it'd be a lot of work. Try to eat, try to eat 2000 calories of healthy food. Like we need like five pounds of broccoli and like six chicken breasts and like an avocado, like, and it wouldn't even be 2000 calories. So by, by fasting, you're automatically controlling calories and and you're going to create some fullness. So it's good. Um, what I personally like is like a shake or like a meal number one, like a nutrient dense shake. Cause no matter what, you don't know what you might be getting for lunch or dinner. It might just be a protein plus a veggie with a side of carbs or fats or something like that. But if you can standardize like a power meal, number one, if you're looking to lose weight and be healthy, like, and you don't have a standardized meal, number one, that's like some kind of power shake. And I can give you guys a recipe that we can put in show notes or something like that. Yeah. Um, that's just one of the simplest things you can do to create consistency. Okay, cool. And uh, we have the autophagy question for 20 hour fast. Yeah. So you're going to be tapping into it for sure. And especially okay. when you are fasting regularly, uh, you're getting, you're getting autophagy for sure. You're, you're, you're even getting degrees of that in, in earlier, uh, you know, 12, 14, it just starts to get more pronounced the longer you go, but it's great, right? It's a chance to help your body, like take out all the cellular junk and, uh, yeah. it's just a wonderful thing to do. Like here's a philosophy thing. You know, we hear about like the yin and the yang, right. And these kind of forces in life often needs to be balanced. It's like that with the body, with the fasted and the fed state, we want to maintain both. We just have a culture that's pushing the fed state constantly. That's why we have high insulin, pre-diabetes, heart disease, where the body wants to be in a little bit of a catabolic breakdown, you know, emptier state too. And that's just how the human species developed. Like we didn't have constant food access. So now we need to be more conscious about giving our body these kind of signals. Right, right. I also have another question. This maybe could be the segue into the macros because you didn't really talk about it yet, but maybe you want to break it down. But before we get into that, um, with your clients, are you more of the expert that says count everything, count your calories, measure everything, or do you rely on like the smart plating and making sure that something is easy, more sustainable and yeah, on the go? We're, we're definitely as a culture in our program and myself personally, number two, like helping people like build proper plates, understand general portions. But for any guy who's super analytical, who likes to track things, you the kind of guy that likes spreadsheets, likes exact numbers, you got to do what fits your personality. Like this is a really important thing. You got to design meal timing that fits your schedule and you got to design your nutrition that fits effectively your personality in terms of how you want to track. And, and, and speaking of tracking, like w- one thing we're a proponent of, uh, before getting into macros and those questions is like daily weighing. If you are trying to lose weight, um, we are huge proponents of weighing yourself every day. And the reason is not that you're going to lose weight every day. The scale fluctuates like crazy. You're up two, three pounds, you poop, you're down two, three pounds. You, but what you're trying to do is get a check-in every single day on the metric you're looking to improve. And you also get feedback from your body. So you found that you ate certain foods this day, you weigh yourself the next morning and you lost two pounds. You're feeling lighter and leaner. And then maybe you have some different stuff the next day and you're up two pounds. It's helping you learn about how your body responds to different variables. And you get to ask 
ask questions. Oh, you know, actually I didn't sleep that well last night and I had a diet soda late at night. I wonder if that affected things. So you get to get information about your body, which helps this be a lot more sustainable. So whatever, like you need an accountability structure system and weighing is weighing or measurements or photos and stuff like this is important because that's the container for your weight loss journey, not just like the what to do. Right. Got it. Got it. Got it. Uh, George, any questions? No, I just agree with everything he said. A lot of stuff he's saying, I've said myself. I'm just glad somebody who counts is saying it too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about right. exercise too. You guys are like into Cause, cause, that. Because uh, I'm going to tell yeah. you, I, I lost uh, a shitload of weight a few years back. Nice. And I did a lot of things that you're talking about. I just sort of got there, but I, I stumbled onto it as I was just, I found my reasons why. Yeah. I, I decided I had to, uh, somebody introduced me to the calorie counting app and then boom, 10 months later, I lost a hundred pounds. Nice. <clears throat> nice. And then <clears throat> I quit smoking. I took a vacation to Greece, the pandemic, I gained about 35, 40 pounds back. And that's how I'm in this competition with these two guys. Yeah. And I've dropped 39 of that. Wow. Okay. You're on yeah. it, man. Yeah. He's the only, I, he's, I, he's the only one losing. Dropped, <laughs> well, Chris is losing weight as well. You're yeah, I lost a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. But I've I've become now it's it's evolved to this other thing where I'm counting, I'm fasting eighteen to twenty six times a week. Um, I've completely eliminated sugar and wheat products from let's say Sunday to to Friday, and on Saturday I have this cheat day, and then yep. after that cheat day I fucking I, I gain six pounds and yep. I want to sleep all the time, and then it takes me three four days to get back to that weight where I was, and then by the weekend I've dropped a couple more pounds, and this is where I'm at. But I know the the plateau is coming. Yeah, I think what you did, what you just described, is 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 awesome. I, my one suggestion would be maybe take that cheat day and compress it down to like a cheat dinner. Like, well, it is one meal. Okay. It is one meal. Okay, it is one meal. It is one meal. Okay, it's just I fit in. Uh, I'll fit in all desserts and I'll mm -hmm. fit in some alcohol if I have friends over or whatever. Yeah, alcohol. Alcohol is a tricky one, eh? Because uh, your face swells up like this. It does. The, the yeah. way your body wants to digest it, it's kind of it's, it's different than everything else than every other macro. Totally, it's just right? Something on its own. Yeah. Yeah. The liver, the liver will preferentially break down the alcohol because it, it's metabolically toxic. The the like the acetate that's basically kicked off there, so it kind of puts the hold on breaking down a lot of the carbs and fats. Like a lot of the calories ingested in the presence of alcohol are more easily stored as fat. Yeah. Um, so yeah. alcohol, like you got to limit that. If you're, if you're drinking more than a couple days per week problem, if you can get away with having like an alcohol day per week as a part of your free meal, cheat meal or something different, you can have, you can have a glass of wine or beer here on occasion, but if you're really looking to lose weight, you should probably pull back the drinking almost completely. And then, and then st stepwise introduce it like, and see how it affects your weight and, and what you can actually get away with. Uh, tell me something. How do you uh, how do you teach your um, uh, your 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 clients on developing training habits? Like training habits, like exercise habits, yeah, like, like exercise ex habits. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think the most important thing is like every week. What our clients do is they do like a pre plan of the week, where they're not necessarily writing out every meal they're going to have, but they're certainly scheduling their workout sessions for the week, like like meetings meaning they're on the calendar at a specified time 
and they also know exactly what the workout is. So we refresh the workouts every month of the program and the kinds of exercise that we're huge fans of, like we think it's the single most effective kind of exercise. If you're looking to lose weight is, is called metabolic resistance training. It's a combination of using some dumbbells or kettlebells to do like core movements, like squats, deadlift, shoulder press, row, push-ups, and you're doing these in a circuit with very little rest. So you might be going from like 10 kettlebell swings into squats, into shoulder presses, into push-ups, into rows. And these workouts can only take 30 minutes, but you're getting strength, cardio, and some mobility all in one. You will be sweating like crazy and you get a metabolic boost for up to like 24 to 48 hours after a session. So imagine doing that Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. You're basically creating a younger metabolism as a byproduct of this type of exercise. Now you can lose weight by doing yoga stretches, by running, by doing whatever in conjunction with a healthy diet. But if you are serious about probably getting the most bang for your buck benefit, then something like this is what we recommend. And circuit training. Yeah. Circuit training with weights, you doing the joint friendly motions that you must be good at as you age. Because ultimately, like our well-being ends up being the how how healthy our spine is, how strong we are in these dimensions of motion. And as we get older, most people are just hunching down, spine is compressing. Like we need to keep this stuff on, on top and forefront. That's yeah. so so good that you mentioned that because a lot of my friends who are in a similar boat, they want to lose weight and they want to go back to what they were. So they just attack it, but they don't realize they're 15 years old or not. Yeah. It's not wise. Yes, exactly. Yeah, joint nice joint friendly motions, right? Because like exercise, how do you build a habit of it? You do stuff that doesn't jack you up. I mean, a lot of guys are doing exercises that, you know, that might hurt them in, in, in future. Um, and also understanding that like truly for weight loss specifically, daily activity is more important than formal exercise. Like even just getting out there, accumulating steps, taking walks and sprinkling in some high intensity exercise a few times per week. Like that's what you need to do. And it, like the hierarchy of importance is so key, like mission statement and why nutrition structure, then daily activity, then formal workouts. And then on top of the period might be supplementation and other kinds of things that, that might help, but you got to build from bottom up or it's, you know, weak foundation. It's going to fail. Yeah, the latter is just optimization. Yeah, hundred percent. Okay. Is there a is there an age group that is bigger than uh, any other? Like uh, going from forty and above. Like, is there a specific age group that you have much more uh, participation in? Yeah, we got a lot of guys right around fifty, like knocking on the door of fifty and the fifty. Because like from forty to fifty, you know, that's where guys a lot of guys do a lot of damage but you're still young enough to really change and turn things around. But we've got guys in their seventies, you know, get six pack abs and lose 50 plus wow. pounds. And I think we even have a couple guys in our eighties doing their workouts, which is amazing. And, and of course we get some smart guys in their late thirties, approaching 40 being like, I think I should get ahead of the ball on this yeah, thing. <laughs> but I, I'll say this too. One thing that is like the magic X factor, because all this stuff we talked about in terms of designing a program is cool. But what you guys are doing right now with this contest is even cooler because it's creating like a container for camaraderie and for engagement and like accountability. And like the, one of the cool things about Fit Father Project is when you join, you're thrown into a group with like tens of thousands of other like-minded guys who are posting their struggles, talking about Support their wins, you. you know, and it's just motivating. Like we're human, we do things together. Guys, a lot of us are fired up by the idea of competition and like consistency and like teamwork. So this is like the X factor that's just as important as all the other variables because it creates engagement and engagement is, is consistent momentum. 
Can you take yeah. us? Through, can you take us through the steps? I mean, the people that are listening or watching this that are interested in joining, whether they're uh, you know uh, male or female, they want to get into your product. What's the process? Like, what happens once they sign up? Like, you know, what are the steps that they they go? Yeah. Through? Okay. So here's here's how it goes. Sign up, join. You get you get access to your members area, your like personalized members area with your program. You click into like, like the Fit Follower 30-day program or the Fit Mother 30-day program. You open up the table of contents. The very first thing we have you do is read through the meal plan. You're going to go do a couple steps in the meal plan. You're going to pick your meal timing schedule setup. You're going to know what your go-to foods are. You're going to know exactly what you need to buy for the week and what to prep. So you'll know have 100% clarity on nutrition. So meal plan setup step number one. Then you move on to the workouts. You get to familiar with the workouts in the first phase of the program. You choose whether you're going to be walking or you're going to be doing the actual workouts for this month. And you actually write, write and plan your first weeks of workouts to get it on the schedule. That's setup step two. Third thing is you go through the journaling reflection. You write your mission statement. This is like your goals for the next 30 days, how it aligns with your core values, what you're committing to, and also conscious of the cost it's going to take. What are the changes that are going to happen? Maybe I need to get up 30 minutes earlier, or I need to make sure I just don't like flip on the TV and eat ice cream at night, whatever that is that's built into the mission statement. Then the fourth and final step is when you hit check, I've done all these. We kick off your 30 days of daily emails where my team and I are emailing you every day, checking in with you. You're inside the brotherhood or the sisterhood group, whether it's fit father, fit mother, with all the other members, you're getting extra content, extra training. And, and like, we're just talking to you every day to, to make sure that we can get you this momentum. First 30 days are huge to build momentum. So you want to be very, very engaged. And once you start to have a little bit of momentum, we, we shift to different accountability structures in months two, three, and we add on like new things every month to keep you progressing, switching up workouts, doing things like some more intermittent fasting, suggesting some things like carb cycling and other more advanced fat loss strategies. But those build on top of like this core structure. All right. Right. Oh, this primarily is mostly online. I mean, do you have a physical space where people come or everything is just digital now? This group, this group and what we're talking about over here is online. Like I said, we guys from over a hundred countries and that's important to us because we believe that as, as men and family men, like you get healthy at home. Like this is your environment. You are the fish in the fishbowl. So like what I'm most interested in doing is how do we help you create a healthier environment? What is your health system? How do we get the home healthier? How can you get on board with your spouse? How can you lead your kids a little bit better? And so what this is, is a system and a community of people who are basically doing this work in their houses, in their homes. That said, we're based out of Arizona. We do have plenty of clients here too. And we do do some, some uh, in-person stuff as well. But primarily it's like, Hey, group of guys all over the world. Let's get together and let's get after this thing. Yeah, it's it, 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 it's it, it's amazing, and I think that's what motivated. See, in the beginning with our podcast, it was just a honestly, it was just an excuse to get together. Yeah, and then yeah. when we realized that there's, <laughs> but that's the truth. And then when we realized that there's very little out there. Uh, to support dads. I mean, and you know, this is not to diminish the women out there, but they have a shitload of things for women. <laughs> there's, very, there's very little things for, for men. And I think that's the, 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 the turning point where we started taking a little bit more seriously. So what you're doing, creating this, uh, this ecosystem where, you know, dads uh, from all across the world can just tune in and get that support system. I, I think that's so much more valuable than anything else. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And what's super cool is what we get to see is, is guys operate through the medium of the physical body, like tangible. I want to make a change. I want to lose weight, lose fat, get stronger on my main lifts. They start with the body, but what ends up happening is what you do is you gain personal power, confidence, and your edge back. 
Like the body is the temple and the medium through which we can like get reengaged, mm-hmm. empowered with our life. It's just like something we can tangibly do every day, improve the nutrition, move the body, but we're exerting willpower. We're exerting discipline and, and, and we get personal power from that. So what I really love is a lot of guys who come in, you know, afraid that they're over the hill or thinking they're over the hill that then like get on track and just start crushing it and doing all sorts of amazing things in their lives. So we have guys who start to join different races, who go get promotions at work, who start new initiatives, because like when you get your health back, you get your vitality back, you get possibilities back. So that's, what's really so amazing is, is my goal is to make more fit fathers because then they go out into the world and, and they're like shining brighter and then everything gets better. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The drug. yeah. No, that's awesome. That's awesome. Because I think that's yeah. the most important part. That's the most important part. And it's the thing that a lot of people don't see, right? You got to get there to see it and witness it, but it could be a big motivator to start thinking that that's what you're after. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's awesome. And I've uh, seen, I've seen the pictures of, of, uh, I remember it was at the FF 30 X. I think yeah, you were doing yeah, a little yeah. promo and uh, guys like Dante Craig, yeah. what, was it Lee, the, the 70 year old? Yeah. Lee's 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 only Lee's in his fifties. Uh, okay. yeah, but that was like, that was a good transformation. Oh man. Lee lost over a hundred pounds and he, that was a good so transformation. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember that one. Some little six packs were. Yeah. Yeah. At, at, at 50, you said, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Lee's now like 50, 52, I think. But yeah, I mean, you can, you can, you can get into a phenomenal shape at any age, you know, but you need something age appropriate and to follow these principles. That's the cool news. It is. And just to go back to what you were saying, that the minute that you get into it and you see just like an inch of results, I mean, it's such a motivating thing. I mean, uh, I mean, I don't if we if we add the cumulative of all the weight that we've lost and gained and lost and gained, dude, we should have been like you. <laughs> we, should have, we should have been ripped by now. So you know? here's, here's the thing, right? Like, that's a great it almost begs an amazing question. How do you minimize drifts? Like, I think the part of the mentality that people have that gets them in trouble when they get into this weight loss game is this all or nothing mentality. You're on the plan or you're off the plan, or there's some idea that there is a perfect plan. And that's a very fragile mindset. In my experience, nothing in life that is that rigid, like doesn't break. You know, we need structure, but we need the flexibility with it. So that's why I'm talking about these things of one way we use intermittent fasting is like for correction. After you like have a blowout meal or the day didn't go great, you intermittent fast the next day, you have a standardized meal. Number one, you drink more water to flush out some of that water weight and BS, but like that can, that alone, that strategy of knowing this is my like re-engagement plan can save you from a, can turn like what used to be a multi-month drift that started with one day and then it compounded into one week and then one month and you lose all that momentum to like, you can turn it around very quickly because that's what happens in life, right? We get, there's seasons to every year, every year we're going to hit the holidays every year. There's going to be cookies around the house and the popcorn things. Like we need to have the ability to like go with the wave of our lives and do that in a repetitive iterative way. And so these behavior skills come down to they're like everything is like how to re-engage, how to create structure. Oh, it is the new year's. Let's get engaged with the challenge to get ourselves going. These things may seem silly, but like they're so important. Oh my God. Look, dude, you're talking to like three Greek guys where like every second week there's something, right? Right. It's not just more festivals than anybody, right? (laughs) Gosh. Yeah. Uh, Oh, I, I wanted to ask you, um, is there, you know, from the experience that you've had in coaching all these people around the world, is there like this 
ideal schedule that you see kind of repeated more often than not? Like, uh, what is, and it's tough. I mean, like 50,000 people, I mean, everyone has their own kind of reality, their own little schedule, but what is like an ideal kind of schedule, like a plan yeah. uh, for, for, you know, a young dads like us? Here's what I see. Here's what I see is like the through line of the schedule from the guys. First off, all the successful guys, they wake up in the morning and they rehydrate. They get high quality water in the morning first thing and a good amount of it, like 16 to 32 ounces. And that's like an anchor of the routine. The body needs water first thing in the morning. Now, whether the guy's intermittent fast or not, all of them pretty much do a standardized first meal of the day. They know what it is. You can maybe have variety on the weekend, but like you have a dialed in meal number one and it's consistent and you enjoy it. A lot of guys do make these shakes or egg recipes. It's typically one of those two, but like they know it and they do it consistently as an anchor. And then I'd say other, other, as they proceed throughout the day, guys are, guys are carrying around a water bottle and hitting some kind of hydration target. I'm not saying you need to drink a gallon of water a day, but you got to have some kind of vehicle for getting hydration in between meals. You know, I drink a lot of tea. I was like, I brew tea all the time, you know, whatever it is, but hydration is a consistent thing. And I think guys find out what their ideal time for exercise is, and they do it at least three times per week of workouts. So it could be before dinner, could be after dinner, could be first thing in the morning before eating, but like, you got to have that routinely nailed down because these are like those rhythm hooks. And, and that's like the, probably like the, the big things, the meal timing schedule set up the standardized meal, number one, and knowing exactly when your workout time is and, 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 and having a, having a workout that's exactly written out where you're not just going in and like looking at the machines and be like, what do I want to do today? It's, this is exactly what I'm doing today, like to a T and you go and you knock it out. Yeah. You do all the thinking for them. And then it's yep, just, you exactly. just show up then, then you and can just do athlete, what you got to right? do. That's yeah. what it used to be like when you play in sports, right? You just like, you, you, you could be the athlete, you can engage in that way. And I think that's really good, especially for guys who are in their lives, make already making a lot of decisions. Like you're always making decisions. You're always architecting what this is going to be like, whether it's in work or your family, sometimes like having just the plan to follow and something that keeps you engaged is really good. Yeah. So same t-shirt every workout. Yeah, there you go. I mean, yeah. <laughs> wearing the same damn T-shirt on my YouTube videos for like five years. No, but it's like it, it removes a choice, right? It does. Yeah. So now you have more willpower. You don't sure. take it away. Sure. Uh, I know. I want to get back into the the calories and the different diets because okay. there's a lot there's a lot out there. Whether it's keto, whether it's uh, high carb, low fat, uh, paleo, carnivore diet, like everything kind of works, right? Mm -hmm. Kinda. Yeah. No, but sure. it's not that. Basically, what are your thoughts on all this stuff? Is, is it the calories that really matter? Uh, can you keep going from jumping from diet to diet? Uh, does it depend on the person? Uh, what do you think of all this? Because yeah. there's, a, there's a lot out there, right? Wonderful question. Um, I'd say the main principles are the best healthy diets are ones that are eating whole foods that are calorie controlled and that kind of stick and gel with your particular preferences and palate. So let me break that down a little bit because we have all these different types of diets. A good diet needs to keep your digestive tract healthy. And I think that's a different thing for all of us. Like some people find they're like reactive to certain foods. You have wheat and you have dairy and you feel like crap. Other people feel like certain vegetables make them feel like crap. So this is why there's such a divergence of different kinds of diets. Like the carnivore people are like, let's just straight up eat protein and maybe a little bit of vegetable. And like, that could be a possibility. My question is, is that, is that diet necessarily 
sustainable or is there some restriction in that that could be a little more flexible? I think the answer is is yes to that. So I'm not like a, a pure carnivore person, but I am a fan if people feel great eating animal protein to have high quality animal protein for dinner paired with some kind of veggie. That seems like a, this seems like a fair thing to do with the vegetarian thing. You can be healthy on a vegetarian or vegan diet. It is just very difficult. Like you need to have things really dialed in. You need to track things tremendously. Um, and I, and I think oftentimes that could be a little bit at the expense of, you know, not having some foods that are definitively very good for you, like some wild caught salmon or sardines for like omega threes. You wouldn't have that on a plant-based plan. So if you are following it for religious, spiritual, ethical purposes, that's fine, but you really got to work on like dialing that in. Um, as it comes to like calories, you can track and count your macros. And I think it becomes very important, not necessarily for losing weight, but for building muscle to make sure that you are eating enough calories and, and using the scale as a, as a friend and a tool. The, the approach that we have is using intermittent fasting to create this fasting and fed autophagy and, and, like, and, and also muscle driving state. We're kind of cycling through this. We're fans of low carb diets. So what keto now means today is a little different. Keto used to mean like originally like super low carb diet under 30 grams of carbs. Like that's like a strict ketogenic diet. Now keto is kind of like the new low carb. And, and I suppose that's kind of where our, our, our eating philosophy falls. We have members do eat carbohydrates, keep it under around hundred grams of carbs a day. If you feel better with even less carbs then you can flex it down and do less. I'm more interested in providing like the thinking and the structure of the nutrition, because someone can use these same structure principles we talked about and do a plant-based diet. They could do a keto diet. They could do a higher carbohydrate diet. You just got to really find what works best for you. I will say too, with new genetic testing and some of the more advanced stuff we're doing with like nutrigenomics, we're going to find that there is specific like DNA makeup that may make a certain diet a little more beneficial for somebody, oh, wow. mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and, and, and that's summer coming out. You're going to see more testing, more advertising for products like this. Uh, but ultimately, you know, I think if you're eating lean meats and fishes and eggs and fruits and vegetables and like just reasonable whole food stuff, and, and you're paying attention to foods that make your GI tract feel bad, then you're, you're in the right, you're in the right direction. So the last thing you mentioned, is it based on blood type? There is there. So there's that blood type diet. And I, I think that is super controversial. I don't know if we necessarily will get into that, but it, it's more based on like some genetic factors that may predispose you to, to things in the presence of meat or in the presence of certain vegetables. The other uh, thing is we have yeah. this unique immune system. Like our immune systems react to different kinds of foods. Like certain people have like low grade food, food allergies to different stuff. Uh, and, and you just got to like pay attention to the foods that mess up your GI tract. If you're eating certain things and you feel like you're gassing, bloated, diarrhea, the wrong kinds of stools, then there's something in your nutrition that's not right. I think it's almost more important to figure out what your go-to foods are that are clean, that you love, that you can standardize into your first and second meal, and then leave variety up for the flexibility of life. Okay. So kind of make, it's like almost like a I know you were into bodybuilding. It's like, uh, so the calories very important. You want to keep the protein high enough for the synthesis. Yep. And then you can kind of play around a little bit with the, with the fats and the carbs, depending yes. on what you, you like. You can flex with that for sure. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and I would say what we often do is for guys who want to lose weight, we say include the carbohydrates optionally as a side for your dinner. So what we recommend is like a perfect plate, which is the idea of imagine a, a plate of food and we filled half of that plate with some kind of vegetable you love steamed broccoli, grilled asparagus, some salad mix, some Brussels sprouts. Like, I don't know, whatever that vegetable is like a, like a non carbohydrate vegetable, half the plate, a quarter of the plate is any kind of protein you love. 
you know, substitute anything, salmon, steak, you know, it could be eggs, you could do pork, turkey, you know, whatever that ends up being. And then a quarter of that plate is healthy carbs or healthy fats. So you could have a quarter cup of, you can have like a three quarters cup of rice or a cup of rice. You could have a little small sweet potato on the side, or you could keep it super keto and just put an avocado on the side and just mm. substitute that out. But this framework, if you make dinners like this, this perfect plate dinner that I talked about, they're almost always 500 to 700 calories, like without fail. If you do this structure at like, it's just, it's just based on the math of the weights of these type of things, they're going to be five to 700 calories. Now, if you have a giant plate, it could be bigger, but the concept there stands and if you do perfect plates regularly and you have a standardized first meal and a standardized snack, you're almost always going to be eating around this like 2000 to 2,500 calorie range. And you're weighing yourself and you're seeing, you know, where the fluctuations are. All right. Guys, do you have any questions? Do you want to, do you want to, oh, we, we could go, we could go all night with this stuff. Yeah, we, uh, we know we know you're a very busy guy, but uh, I wanna I wanna ask something maybe completely uh, separate from what we've been talking about. How are you preparing to be a dad? <laughs> wife, wife has me on a couple uh, a couple audio books, but like I mean, on the tactics, like man, I got I I like Paige, my wife is she's like I got this, I got this, Anthony. So like I'm feeling pretty good on the on the breastfeeding stuff. I think it's mostly like emotionally, like. I'm really settling into the excitement of, of just getting to meet, meet my baby girl. So it's like more of like the preparation is like emotionally and I, I'm super ready. I've been excited for this for, for a long while. So reading some books and stuff like this, supporting my wife through the pregnancy uh, and just like getting in touch with my heart of how excited I am to do all this. And then ask me in a couple of months when I'm not sleeping and all that stuff. And we'll figure out that there was not yeah. enough prep, right? Yeah. We're going to do, <laughs> do a follow-up episode, but yeah. it, it depends on, it depends on the kids that you get. I mean, you see Chris and George um, both had like sleeping uh, issues my girls were pff, ain't like within the first month or two, they were doing the full nights. I got off, I got out really lucky. I got off that that whole thing really, really. Uh, they took after you in that regard, George. Yeah, just sleeping uh -huh. all the time. Uh, are, are you guys going like completely overboard with all the stuff? Yeah, the, it's our first. Clothes, it's our first uh, kid. We we are completely overboard on everything. Yeah, <laughs> over. My wife's like she's on her like fifth or sixth course of something. You know, I don't know. I, I'm a little more laid back guy. I think we're gonna be able to rise to the occasion. Yeah. All right. Yeah. It's exciting. It is exciting. Yeah. How's your family uh, taking this in? Oh, they're pumped. Uh, it's so good. Like we have the kind of like grandparents and parents that they're just like so excited for this. Like this is the this is the big moment. So I feel like I'm checking that big box of like doing good by them, giving them their their first grandkid. Uh, oh, it's the first for the family. That's great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah if it's the first one. You see, one thing that I got to uh, to experience, and obviously you fall into these cliche things where it's like, oh my God, it's the most precious thing that you get to experience. And obviously you're going to get to that point. But what I felt was that I saw my parents and my in-laws uh, and how happy it made them becoming grandparents mm -hmm. that it was even that was special. Yeah. Uh, aside the fact that you just became a parent and obviously that's like the, 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 the grandest moment of your life, but seeing how other people yeah. experience that same event was just incredible as well. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Uh, guys, do you have anything else before uh, we let the doctor uh, go? Uh, you know what? Yeah, yeah. Last one. Last one. Uh, I just want to know. I know what what you're kind of thinking about. I want you to share your your ideas with with sleeping because I know it's important. 
and maybe a spiritual side, like maybe meditation or something like that. Yeah. What do you think of, what do you think of these kind of mechanisms? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll speak first about meditation and in meditation and prayer. And like in, in this, this type of thing has become one of the most important aspects of my life. So my actual personal morning routine is to get up and rehydrate. I will get a morning walk with my dog. I'll go talk, take her for a little bit, walk, get some fresh air, breathe through my nose and I'll sit down and I'll, I'll meditate before I have any kind of food or anything in my system. And, and the meditation is, is really mixed with my personal spirituality prayer. I'm a, I'm a man of God. Um, and I've just gotten really in touch with that. I ironically, like through meditation itself led me back to a, a place of deep spirituality and connection with God. So that's huge for me. And it's kind of like one of the non-negotiables in the routine. And I believe it also sets up your day every day on, on, on the, on, on the footnote of proactive peace, power, connection, love, strength, like massive. In the evening, I also try to meditate before I go to bed, like keep it as a little bookends. And meditation for me is really sitting down in a straight back chair that I have a designated room besides my office. Um, and, and, I'll, and I'll sit down and really get centered into my body in the present moment and feel love in my heart and connection to God. And, and whether it's a prayer from there, or it's just like really sitting into the feeling of, of, of just the beauty of this life experience and, and being with God. That's kind of the essence of it. And, and that kind of creates a rhythm and a structure that I can run my days off of. Now, mm -hmm. sleep massive. Like it, it's, if you don't get the right kind of sleep and you're trying to lose weight, you're basically like pushing a giant ball uphill against this whole hormonal environment and the problems you cause. When we miss sleep, here's what happens. We become acutely insulin resistant. So when we have carbs the next day, those carbs float around. We don't burn nearly as much fat. Our hunger hormones go through the roof. This hormone ghrelin goes through the roof so we get hungrier. Cortisol levels are higher because the body's a little jacked up trying to like liberate blood sugar and keep us a little wired. And, and then we feel cranky. We're more likely to eat snacks and crap like this. So like the sleep has to be on point, which means you have a schedule and a routine for when you go to bed. You're cutting out some of that light. A lot of guys like to look at their phones and TVs before bed and stuff like that. And there's all that blue light. Like mm -hmm. we're coming to find out this is not good for you. So getting like, whether it's blue light glasses, I think I have some around my office here but getting some blue light glasses and then turning off computers before computers and screens at least an hour before bed. Um, and I take some evening relaxation tea and it's a little bit of magnesium can help me sleep too, but the sleep routine is huge. You, you need to get that down. Very, very important. Awesome. Thanks hours? for how sharing. Yeah. How many hours do you, uh, do you think is appropriate? Yeah. I mean, I think it's individual and you actually need less sleep as you, as you get older, our bodies just need a little less sleep, but it's really based on like your, how much exercise you're doing, what your recovery goals are and, and like what you do throughout the day. I'd say like a, a fair, if you made me throw out a number, I'd say like, let's try to shoot for seven hours. Some people feel like they need more, something that people feel they have less. One thing you can do that's actually like tangible and tracking is you can track your heart rate in the morning. You can get up, you can take your little heart rate or get like a heart rate monitor, check your pulse um, and, and do that consistently. And you'll find that when your heart rate is elevated past a certain point, maybe 10, 15 beats more than normal, it's because your body's in a slightly stressed, sleep deprived state. Because effectively, here's what we're trying to do for a long life. There are two branches of the central nervous system, you know, the brain into the spinal cord that innervates all the muscles and organs. There's a the sympathetic, which is like the fight flight activated and there's the parasympathetic, which is the rest, digest, slow the heart rate down, digest properly. We want to be primarily in a parasympathetic state. The people who live the longest, there's actually pockets of longevity around Greece, um, in, in Italy, Okinawa, Japan, like these people are living primarily in a parasympathetic, restful uh, state. A lot of them, they spend time outside, they eat whole non-processed foods, they have good family connections, they get lots of sleep. 
effectively our, our, our modern life that's pushing so hard and so fast is burning our bodies out so much faster. Like stress does kill, you know, and then the circadian rhythm is, is a big variable in here. So I know that's a little off topic way of saying this, but like sleep in the, your restoration ritual is absolutely huge. What I also think is huge and overlooked in, in modern health conversation is getting time outside, like literally spending more time outside, breathing fresh air, getting sun on your skin for the vitamin D. And just the fact that it helps relax our bodies back into this parasympathetic, more connected, uh, thing. And this is not just stuff I'm making up. They actually have a branch of research called like forest bathing or nature walks. And they show that people's blood pressure goes down. Their mood improves by like walking outside, hearing some bird sounds and like smelling the fresh air. We could spend more time outside away from the computers. We could cut, cut out some of the light at night and sleep a little bit deeper um, and, and take supplements. Supplements can help you sleep really well, whether it's magnesium, whether it's melatonin, like there are things that can help you sleep. And if your sleep's off, that's definitely a focus area. Amazing. Wow. Uh, Dr. Anthony Balduzzi, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, man. We're not going to take much more of your time. Uh, fitfatherproject.com for anyone interested yep. to go and sign up. Uh, is there a fitmotherproject.com site yep. or yeah? There okay, is, yeah. And obviously the YouTube channel, which is the biggest thing that anyone yeah. can just tune into to get so much value. Uh, Fit Father Project, Fit Mother Project. Uh, there's a podcast as well. Uh, thanks a million. I don't, I don't, I, I, we're, we're so, yeah, so fun that you came on and that you kept our special dude, man. Thanks, guys. Yeah, I love your energy. You love your yeah. energy. Likewise. You know your stuff. And hey. it's uh, hope we can work in the future together. Well, can, we're going to find I, a way. Can I give you guys a, a request? I know yes, you guys yeah. don't get the request, but can you guys like email me at the end of your challenge? And I want to know like a little added layer accountability. I want to know how much weight you guys lost <laughs> okay, like no from today yeah. and from then just like email me and I, and I hope to have a smile at the end of this. I'll send you a graph. I keep stats. <laughs> there you go. He's a stack guy. Good numbers guy. <laughs> this is, he's a you got to know, yeah. know what you I, are. I live with a scale. I live with a scale. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. So I want, I want to see that and I wish you guys tons of luck and thank you guys for this time. And, and I feel just, you guys are awesome dudes. Thank you. Perfect. Thank you Thank so you. much and good luck on becoming a dad, man. Best Thank of luck. Thanks, guys. All the best of luck. Talk soon. Bye.